This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Wednesday Week Podcast. A strictly unbiased view on Sheffield Wednesday. The world's greatest football club. Evening everyone, as we're recording. Uh, it is the evening, it's this week's episode of the Wednesday week. It's, well I think there's Vic, Vic should be coming back in a moment, but there's Vic, Dave and Stevie with me tonight. We're going to talk about Oxford, not very good. Mansfield, not much better. And hopefully preview the Bolton game, which hopefully goes a bit better than them both. So, Oxford, Stevie, you went not brilliant, was it? Um, no, wasn't brilliant. I think um, it's going to be a the, the the two games we're going to talk about tonight are going to be a little bit um, difficult, shall we say, to get through. Uh, probably about as difficult as this intro has been for the last five minutes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm in two two minds to be honest with you. I think. First and foremost, Oxford, for me personally, if you look at where they are in the uh, in the league table, I think they were eighth on Saturday before before we kicked off. You know, one place in front of us, I think. Yeah. I, think. Um, I think they're in a false position. I thought they were much better than that. I thought they set up really well. Um, I thought they were as good a side as we've seen at Hillsborough uh, this season, personally, my opinion. Um, I thought they, they came out of the traps and they absolutely hammered us first half. And I, I walked on to the back of the south at quarter past two and um, just as the bus was pulling up. So I don't know what's happened there, but they they were late to the ground. They didn't get off the bus till quarter past two. Um, they've, they've come out and literally ran into the into the stadium. Um, and I, I remember dropping a, a text to you guys and saying, if they're turning up at 2.15, you know, if we're 1-0 down after, after eight minutes, there's something seriously wrong here. And I think we made it to 10, 11 minutes and we were 1-0 down because they, they just came out of the traps. Um, I think Robinson, before the game, looked really, really relaxed. Um, and they, they just hit us like a train in the first half and we just weren't set up. And I don't know if that was because we were had an arrogance about us and we weren't necessarily uh, prepared for, for the way that they set off with them coming late to the ground or what. I don't. I don't know. Um, I said cynics that we were, were just absolutely shit at the moment. Um, and I, I have opinions on that, but first half we were we were woeful and they were deservedly 1-0 up and I think they could have been 2-3-0 up at half-time. Um, I have to say I thought we were better second half. Um, I thought second half we made a game of it. I think 
and I'll, I'll get hammered for this. I think as bad as we were first half, I do think we were worth a point on Saturday with the, the response that we had. Um, but it just wasn't meant to be, and we we, we fall to that. Um, you know that that typical sort of Sheffield Wednesday, the Wednesday way at the minute is conceding late goals, um, fluffing chances, dropping bollocks in front of our own goal, um, and and that's where we are at the minute, isn't it? And that's what it was the first goal, I think, wasn't it? Near post, yeah. Beacock foul should again really be doing better. We've we've praised him at the start of the season where he's done well, and then we you know the Ipswich, Ipswich goal. The Shrewsbury goal didn't cover himself in glory, and again, it, it, it's another one. And could Wild Smith even stake his his claim for his his number one shirt back? Because obviously, played Mansfield, played that game, and he's he'll be playing on Saturday with Peacock Fowl being with Northern Ireland. So, well, you're still expecting to be number one. Is, is it still up for grabs? Because he hasn't been fully convincing. I think, to be honest with you, um, it's not just Peacock Farrell on Saturday, is it? I think the goal, and I'll stand corrected, I've not watched it back, but if I remember rightly, there was a, a little bit of uncertainty with, with Dunkley. It's that typical Moore way of wanting to play out from the back at the minute. And I have thoughts on that. If you've got the players to do it, that's absolutely fine. Dunkley isn't a player where you, you, you'd look to give him the ball you know, anywhere level with our six-yard box and expect him to play out. That's what we've had him do in the first half. And I think that's one of the reasons that he gets a lot of hammer. Um, he's then given the ball to Johnson. Johnson seemed to have an age. He got closed down, uh, literally took the ball off him, ran down the right wing and just whacked it in the bottom corner. Didn't it, he? Just, it felt so avoidable, didn't it? It was one of those ones that, with the way we've been conceding goals, three three passes away from ball hitting the net, 30 seconds before the ball hit the back of the net, there was that air of inevitability about it. Like you say, Stevie, it's, if you've got players that are... Centre halves that aren't ball playing centre halves and full left sided midfielders playing at left back, they are going to have an air of uncertainty about them because they're playing out of position. And to see it building up, it is that way where you, uh, if your goalkeeper's not making saves, then that, that, that needs to be looked at in of itself. But ultimately, that's supposed to be your last line of defence. If you if, if, if you're playing out from the back when you're completely in possession and supposed to be in control of of setting up the next attack, but 30 seconds later, you're taking the ball out of your own net. You've really got to look at how how you've got that team set up and how you've got them playing and, and, and making sure it might be better to play the ball from the back, but if you have not got ball-playing players, you've, it's horses for courses, isn't it? You've got to make sure that what you've got fits the players you have available to your disposal. And that's exactly what we did 10 years ago to get ourselves out mm -hmm. of this division. It wasn't pretty. Mm -hmm. It was completely different to what Darren Moore was trying to do, but we had the players to play the football that, that makes them play, whatever you thought of that. It, you know, we, we, we ground out results and, and that worked at the moment. It, he's playing, it, it might have worked in the Championship for West Brom and what have you, but is it really working for us? What, what do you think of it? Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't see much of the game on Saturday, um, but I managed to get it on my phone just at the Patterson goal. Um, so I, I had a lovely time. I thought we were brilliant. <laughs> and um, and then I didn't catch the last goal. So as far as I'm concerned, it was 1-0, Patterson, <laughs> absolute belter. Um, but yeah, I agree with that on that, you know, it's all right to rely on keepers to an extent, but there are 10 other men in front of them. Um, and at the moment, I think, don't get me wrong, Peacock Farrell has had 
what is it like six mistakes that cost us six goals in six games or something but the point is that they shouldn't be getting to there um obviously there was the absolute howler that we, we don't talk about anymore um but other than that you know these these balls should be getting stopped before that um mm-hmm. and especially with a defense like we've got you know they're not a small defense that they make Gregory look short and he's six foot something so they're they're a big side and balls are just getting through and yeah Dunkley for me I'm just not sold at all no I've um, been from the start but He's all right when balls up in air, he can edit and he can kick it, but anything other than that for me is a bit suspect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me, literally, <laughs> me, honestly, um, and I, I do feel a little bit for him because, like you just said, Ben, he's he's, he's a a pub footballer, be really rude, but he's a, he, you know he's not the player that's going to play the ball out from the back. You don't give it to him six yards from the the, the goal line and expect him to find a, a through ball to Barry Bannon or uh, a line ball to Adeniran or whoever it may be. He's the kind of player that when the ball's coming this way, he's going to head it that way. And when there's a player running at him, and I think he'd be a better player if we played a different style of football. I think we'd see better of him because I think if he had a game where he's just going to hoof the ball, head the ball, win his tackles and give it to players in good areas that can go and play, I think that plays to his strengths. And if we do that, his confidence will build. Because I imagine that knowing me, when, when when I played, if I was given the ball and told, right, we're going to play out from the back, I was terrible with the ball at my feet. But I could head it and I could kick it. And when I had a good game and I won my tackles and I won my headers and I gave it to the players that could go and play and we won the game, my confidence was up, my chest was out. I felt like a better player. Um, and I think there's elements of that that Dunkley would, would possibly get as well. Did this, did this get... add... Sorry, no, it's all right. My point was probably... <laughs> I was just going to mention about I know we've done it to death with Barry Bannon and dropping deep but, um, but previously we've mentioned when he's been playing alongside the likes of Pelopese or, or equivalents where he hasn't felt comfortable with the defensive midfielder that's, that's caused him to drop deep but is it not also possible that when you have somebody like Dunkley at the back who isn't going to be that assured way on the ball is that going to be another contributing factor to Bannon dropping deeper because like you say Stevie if you've got your captain in the park you've seen one of your players that you're that you're trying to keep an eye on whilst whilst you're playing a game and they are struggling um I think you are likely as a, as a captain particularly the way the way Bannon plays or likes to play um to drop to try and drop back and try and take some of the burden off them and so not only is Dunkley not playing to his strengths it, that in turn is causing Bannon to then not play to his strengths because he's having to drop back to try and make life an easy for or easier for Dunkley by taking the short passes from him. I take your point on that and I, I don't necessarily disagree. I just I wonder if what the, the way that Bannon plays in these situations is less about the individual and more about the team and what's happening. He, he takes it on himself to, um, mm. to, to sort of want to grab the game by the scruff of the neck and, um, you know, get the team out of the ship, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I don't think Bannon did a great deal wrong on, on Saturday, if I'm mm-hmm. honest with you. Um, it wasn't a, a sparkling performance by anybody. Um, I thought Patterson did well second half. Um, I thought Berahino was good when he came on. I thought he, 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 he looked, looked the part. Um, I worry about Johnson. I really do, do worry about Marvin Johnson mm-hmm. um, in the sense that Darren Moore seems to be of the mind that he's, he's capable of playing left-back and he's not. You know, for, for, for all the hammer he's getting, whether that be on social media or whatever WhatsApp groups are going round or whatever's happening. Um, I don't necessarily blame Johnson. He's, he's a square peg mm-hmm. in a round hole. 
And yeah. when you put that square peg in a square hole, um, look what he does, because he, he was a player that crossed the ball for the equaliser. You know, if you put him further up the pitch and give him a run on the left-hand side, and I'm not saying that he's got a, a divine right to do that, because at the minute he hasn't, he's had the minutes and he's not performing, or albeit out of position, um, you know, he will be better for us. I, I have no doubt about that. But to the Bannon, Bannon point, I just think it's the fact that we were, we were crap first half. Um, we were one nil down. He's going to grab that game. Everybody's going to run. He's going to he's going to encourage. He's going to be a little dog like he is. Um, and that, that that just be that. To be honest with you, I don't necessarily think that's anything to do with Dunkley. Do you think? Because for me, at the start of the season when we we're playing again, I know it's a, a square peg in a round hole, but Liam Palmer at left back and Jack Hunt at right back for me were working far better than what Marvin Johnson at left back has. Steve's about to stand up and cheer. <laughs> I think I, that was what I was going to say, really. I think that we, I get that you have a spine to a team and I get that, you know, we need someone like a Bannon in midfield and you need, you know, two solid centre-halves, but we're just not using the left and right-hand side of the pitch at all. So right the way from defence, there's just nothing really coming out apart from the odd Jack Hunt sprint and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when, obviously... Like we've, we've signed these wingers and everything else, but as soon as they get it, they're running straight into the middle. And it's just leaving us open as for counter-attacks for a start, which is how quite a lot of the goals have come to us down the side. Um, but also it's just not creating anything because people know exactly what we're going to do. And it could be like some sort of shithousing from Darren Moore that he's going to do that for six games and then suddenly mix it up and throw us everyone off because they won't expect us to play down the wing. But it just... I think for me, all the pressure's on the middle of the park and it's just not working. Mm. No, I'd, I'd, ag- I'd agree with that, Vic. Um, <coughs> we, we try and be too pretty in the middle as well. It's lots of intricate triangles. It's lots of little flicks here and there. Um, there's, no, there's no dynamism. There's no outlet. There's no break. I thought, <laughs> I'm going to say it, I thought the, the best attacking option we had first half on Saturday was Liam Palmer when we switched the play. Um, there were two or three occasions when all the plays down the left-hand side stopped laughing at me, Vic. All the plays <laughs> down the left-hand side, and we managed to switch it across, and he was in absolute acres, and he, he, he got into advanced positions, but I don't think that was a, a plan, or I don't think it was by design. I just thought he'd exploited a space that had become available um, because of the way that we'd been playing elsewhere. Um, I, I, I'd like to see, personally, and I know we'll talk about more a little bit later, um, I'd like to see a little bit more flexibility in the way we're setting up. Yeah, I was going to say about that. Do you think, though, that we're reaching... This sounds dramatic and it's not meant to, and I'm going to say crisis point, but I don't mean it as crisis point. But we're reaching that point now where players are thinking, actually, I could do it better my way. And Mm -hmm. that, that to me, is a worrying point when when a player's doing that. Barry Bannon's always done that. We're used to Barry Bannon knowing what Barry Bannon does best and not listening, sticking it to the man. But the fact that a few of the other players who, rightly or wrongly... Are deciding to do that obviously with Palmer it works sometimes and he does go on these runs but and same with Iorfa obviously Iorfa I'm pretty sure in no tactic is Iorfa meant to just sprint the full length of the pitch every so often but he does but we just seem to be like is it getting to a point that the players themselves are going this isn't playing to my strengths but the point is like you can have one or two that do it but unless all 11 are on that game it's not it's not going to work. It's going to end up showing people up like you Dunkley's and Peacock Farrell. Yeah. For, for me, not to counter that point, because I, I agree 
uh, I mean it more is that he needs to find a, a different formula for this squad to work because the quality in it on paper, it, 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 it might just be me in my head, but surely if you set if you send our best eleven out and say go and play football, they should be ninety percent of the teams in this league just because of the quality that they've got. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's hard to put your finger on, I think, what he needs to do to change it because it does need a change. I think we all know that there needs to be something, there needs to be that reaction that, that apparently we're going to get after Plymouth, which we, we yet haven't got. Um, did did we get Tuesday night performance-wise? No, but we, we ground out a result. So we'll move on to Tuesday night. But... Dave, did you see? Did you see it? What What did you think? I saw. I saw bits of it. I, I, in fairness, I've only seen the highlights, but that's going to be cut in a very blue and white tinted spectacle way. But I've tried to look at it and think about what I can see that's that's weaknesses, and and it's the same things that are popping up. Um, perhaps less complacency for a start because when Stevie's mentioned that uh, late arrival for Oxford and then going down in the first fifteen minutes, the combination of credit to Oxford but also complacency from Wednesday's part of you. And I would I would use the word complacency rather than arrogance. So we didn't have that necessarily against, against Mansfield. Um, obviously a different scenario, lower league team away from home, competition, rotated squad. But there's still so many uh, needless mistakes, careless passes, uh, balls being taken off our players because they're wanting too long on the ball. And, and it's those fundamentals that are killing us at league level that perhaps we did that maybe got away with slightly against Mansfield and did ultimately end up with a ground out win. Um, I agree with what your last point, Ben, in terms of making sure that your best 11 are sent out play football, but it has to be then in the football in the way that they can play. Uh, and Moore's got to identify that. I'm going to controversially come out and say that I'm going to get behind Johnson because I think he's getting a hard time at the moment based on not only his performances at left back because his performances at left back are dogger at the moment and, and deserve deserve criticism, but using the sort of Jordan Rhodes analogy that he got forever in all these Wednesday days whenever he got a game, all we ever said about Rhodes was if you play to his strengths, he'll do this and he'll do that for you. Now, it never happened, but it was, it was at least an idea of thinking. I think Johnson's a left-sided midfielder. He's not a left-back. He's not a left-wing-back. He's not a left-winger. He's a left-sided midfielder. He's not got the pace and the skill to go past players. But if I was to, put, to say to you three here, if you could give me either a word or a short phrase, what do you want from a wide man? If I Well, we'll do that. I'll go with you first then, Vic. If I was <laughs> going to say to you, what do you want from a wide man? If, if there's one skill, one trait you want your wide player to have, what do you want them to do if it's just one thing? Pace. Pace, right, okay. Stevie? The ability to put the ball in the box. That's not one word. No, that's fair enough. You could even have that because I did say or a phrase. Ben? Just one thing. I'm not saying you could, I'm not saying one thing would define the player, but if there's one trait you want ahead of everything else, what do you want your wide man to do? Flair. Flair. Right. So I think it's fair to say that Johnson isn't particularly the world's fastest, but then again, we've had perfectly good wingers. Wide players, I should say, that haven't been full of pace. You know, a famous Mr. Waddle was not a quick player, but was a cracking wide player. Uh, and I don't think he's a fair flair player either. But I'd, if I was going to pick it, if I define a characteristic of a wide man, I'd say what Stevie says. You want them to put the ball into the box. 
you want them to be able to get crosses in. And if you watch when Johnson plays, when he gets into that position where he can get a ball in, he gets the ball in and people get on the end of that ball. So if you play him in a position where he can whip crosses in, Patterson gets on the end of it. Gregory gets on the end of it. So in times that Mansfield game, you could see that, you know, was it, um, he set up as well. Was he, was he involved on the left or right hand side for the, the, wing, the wing goal as well? So yeah. is if you're playing, if you're saying, if you're signing players like uh, Lee Gregory and you're playing players like Callum Patterson, which by the way, I think when we're talking about horses for courses, I think Patterson at the moment is the way to go because he is just a battering ram. Um, then you're going to want Marvin Johnson, left midfield, not left winger, not left back, left midfield, get the ball to him and let him put balls in because eventually you're going to get people on the end of that if you're going to play that that route. If you're not going to play that route, you're going to play a left-sided attacking midfielder stroke striker or left wing back or attacking left fullback or whatever modern-day formation position. You don't play Johnson because he doesn't fit. He, sit, he fits on the left-hand side in a standard 4-4-2. So in the Mansfield game, I think there was times where he was able to, from left back, deliver a left midfield style cross into the box, but that's only because it was Mansfield. Yeah. No, I agree. I think, just going back to Patterson, do you think there's an argument? Because for me, I think we should be playing two up top and... For me, I still think that should be Gregory and Berrini. I think they could work quite well playing off each other, Berrini or playing off Gregory. Do you think there'd then be an argument for having Patterson in the midfield and allowing him freedom to, to get forward? As, I, as if, you were, if you're going to play those two up front, I would play your Patterson as like your new who role and bring him on for the last 20 minutes just to shit people up. Um, but I, I think... It goes back to this arrogance, complacency thing again. I think it's more arrogance on this side that in this league you've got to, you've just got to grind it out at four four two. You know, there's no point in pissing about and trying to be fancy. We're not fancy. We're in this league for a reason because we're shy. We've got a load of players at the end of the career or being shipped out on loan. Yeah, all right, they're a decent squad on paper, but they're not going to be around for the next four or five years. We need to get out of this league now with the players that we've got. <laughs> Stevie's like the hype man. In- <laughs> We're not getting a word of this, Vic. Sam's gone. Sam went. It, it, it looked really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where, where did I get to? Don't set me off again. Oh, no, I just think that, that, that's a name. That's a name. <laughs> <laughs> this league is just we've got to lose this arrogance of this trying to be fancy, this trying to do tippy tappy football, as Alan Irving would say. We've said this so many times over the last few weeks. We've just got to grind out scrappy one nil wins. That's all we've got to do. And to do that, you've got to play four four two. And you've got to have a shit kicker like Callum Patterson to come on at the end. Otherwise, it's just not going to work. And at the moment, it isn't working. I mean, all right, yeah, we beat Mansfield. Christ, that, mm-hmm. like, come on. It, it's not, it doesn't need to be fancy. And none of us are expecting sexy football. We're not getting sexy football, whether we play like 10-1, like mm-hmm. 3-2-4. It, it's not working. So bring back 4-4-2. Get Callum Patterson in a new role. So we, we, we've talked about wide players. One wide player I felt stood out 
more than others on Tuesday night with Corbyn. Steve is not... Sigurin. <laughs> I knew you were going to say. <laughs> uh, do you want me to go? Yes, could yeah. do. <laughs> Sorry. Um, he did better. He, he, he's done all right. I'm, I'm still not 100% sold on him. And I'm not necessarily against him starting on Saturday. Um, I still think he's a bit of a show pony. We've, we, we, we've talked now for the last 10 minutes or so. We, we, we've gone round the house and alluded to the fact that we need square pegs in square holes to get us out of the shit because we're a crap football side and we're talking about putting on a flair player. We've talked about flair and you've mentioned flair, Ben. Um, he is the epitome of that with his fans. I hope nobody's playing like standard term bingo and like doing shots for every time we say something really cliche. Square peg, square old <laughs> shit. <laughs> but um, yeah, he didn't offend me uh, on Tuesday. I thought he was all right. A um, little bits that I've seen. I think he's a little bit lightweight, if I'm honest, for League One. Um, and the, the, the bits that I've seen, people will, will shout me down and say he's probably our most exciting player, which is great. And I hope I'm proved wrong. Um, the jury's still out on me, uh, with me, in terms of in terms of him. I just. It's style of a substance, isn't it? That's what it is. It's, it's, it's looking like you're doing a world-beating job, but he makes 10 yards down the line. Okay. But then you've got to check back on yourself. And yeah. if um, it works, it's great. And it is entertaining. It is interesting. It's great when you're 3-0 up and he comes on and he starts making the fullback. But, you know, when you're trying to grind out, you know, a result. I think, I, I, see, I agree with Ben. I think he did play quite well. And he stood out different to, 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 to the players. But... Would you rather just have somebody who got the job done that, that was if they're out wide, if they are just if their job is right, get the ball into the box. Is Corbiano going to do that, or is he going to always look to check inside and beat a man again? And I don't know. Yeah, he's, I, I, I agree with that. Um, I, I hope it comes good for him. You know, we let's be clear. I'm not here saying Johnson's rubbish and I want him out and I don't like him. I'm not hammering Peacock Farrell. Um, I, the, the point I was trying to get to with Dunkley is I'd like to see us play a style of football that suits <coughs> you know, I want all of our players to be as successful as possible because if they're successful we're going to win games and if we win games we're going to climb the league and if we climb the league we're going to get promoted and we've said it time on time in time out uh, week in week out uh, this, se- this season on the pod we have to get out of this league this year otherwise we're going to be down here for, for a good long good long period of time I think Um just on the the, the Patterson Gregory positioning, uh, I I think they're the same sort of player. If I'm honest with you, um, different styles. Gregory wants it into his feet. Patterson will put himself about a little bit more. That's not to say that Gregory doesn't. Gregory is a physical player. I think you play one or the other, and it'd be nice in 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 a sort of a utopian Sheffield Wednesday world. Um, Gregory gets a run, scores four or five goals. He keeps his shirt. Um, it's not happening for him. We put Patterson in. And Gregory sits on the bench for a little bit, and we do the same there. Um, with Berahino, hopefully, sort of getting his match fitness, getting to know the way that we play, being in and around. Um, just a thought, just an opinion. So, on to Saturday. Bolton Wanderers. What do we think, Vic? Well, I mean, I've looked at their form, and, you know, neither of us are really sparkling at the moment. Um Obviously, they've had. A, I think they've had an extra win in the last few weeks that we yeah, haven't. Yeah, but, but then we've got a game in hand. So. Yeah, we've got a game in hand. Obviously, they've got Kieran Lee, which I'm sure we'll talk about <coughs> in a minute. Um, I just, I don't know. I'm not excited at the moment about it. I'm really not. I'm excited because obviously Dave's come in. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. 
and it's Simon's 21st, so I'm going to go out, <laughs> lads, lads, lads. Um, <laughs> but other than that, yeah, I just it's just going to be a pretty dull afternoon, I think. I just can't see any sort of excitement coming at any point soon. And I think I, I, the thing about Kieran Lee that worries me is that I don't want to hate him. That's like, and Saturday coming. He's like a care bear. He just, I know, that's doing? what I mean. But <laughs> if he comes on on Saturday and scores three goals, you know, like, like and he is work, he's doing well for them at the moment. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's filling me with more existential dread than actually just going to Hillsborough. I'm more worried about Kachunga's coming on to score three goals. That's coming, true. Well, what's what's that. his hearing taken out anyway? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, ben- so I, bet, I bet after that, Dave, you're delighted to be coming down after that. Oh, I can't wait. Do you know <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long, it's been a long time in coming with COVID and everything else to be able to get to the stadium for everybody who's, who's low, much more local than, than I am here. So I am looking forward to coming down and and being at the game and wanting and having that usual expectation that maybe this is the time when it all comes together because there is there's a team there and there's there's players there capable of uh, getting a result and playing good football and, and it all can come together if the tactics are right and and everybody's you know the wind's in the right direction and everything but the same could be said about the last half dozen games where we've expected this could be the game where we're going to give somebody an absolute doing and and we haven't then we haven't turned up or we haven't uh, properly properly considered that you know what, what's Oxford United's game going to be, what's Plymouth's game going to be, what Shrewsbury's game going to be. Um, so there is there is the potential for it to be a great result and a great game. Recent results and performances wouldn't necessarily suggest why this one more than any other should be the good game. Um, but if if we don't eventually find that run that 11 that blends that performance that game where we're three nil up at half time then how long how long do you go without that because if we're all saying we need to be there or there no there or thereabouts march april time to be getting out of this league you know we're getting to what halfway through well first week in october now it's second international break or whatever it's been for this season and we're not races yet at all we're mid-table and we're playing like a mid-table team Sorry, I was just going to say, I don't worry about the position in the table so much because we're still only seven points off the table. Mm -hmm. Um, And the worst case scenario for us this season is playoffs. You know, so we're we're, we're not a million miles away. And that's the advantage of being in the league that we're in is that, you know, the third team in the league will be the 21st, uh, lose to the 21st team or whatever. Teams down the bottom are beating teams up the top and everybody's taking points off each other. Nobody's going to run, run away with this league. Um, the, you know, this season. Um, I can't remember a time when I've gone to Hillsborough and been out of sight at half time. And that's, that's shit. Um, mm-hmm. I can remember the Cardiff game, but we weren't there. Um, we were outstanding 4 0 at half time, I think it was. Um, but we've not come out of the traps at Hillsborough in front of the crowd and absolutely put a team to the sword in living, living memory in years. <laughs> it, it, just, it just feels like yeah. years. What, 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 probably like the Norwich games from a few years ago. What are talking about? Yeah. Four or five years? Yeah. You know, that, that's not good enough. And I know we can, we're talking about wanting and needing to grind out results. I just think if we can get a couple of performances and we get at least one of those types of uh, performances and results in, 
that might sway the tide a little bit in our favour. And I think it's going to take something like that in the minute. Hopefully it's Saturday. Um, I think Bolton are a good side. I've, mm. I've not seen too much of them, but they seem to like to play football. I watched the, um, I think it was the Burton game that they were on the, the, the TV uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they look really, really steady. The highlights that I've seen, um, they look like a team that are going to be quite dynamic. We, we're going to have to set up to, to compete with them. So it's a big game. I think it's a winnable game, but we, we are going to have to turn up and there needs to be a performance on Saturday. They've got that lad who's playing for them at the moment that's really, really banging form. Is it uh, the, the boy who's played for West Ham? I'm just having a look at that was it? Afalayan. I think yeah. he's been Scott, he, he's been banging form for them. So they have got individuals as well, but you know, they, they might have had um, their own personal adversity, and, and this is this is them dropping to a level where they can then build back up again. So this this is another team that's going to have players that want to prove a point. Owen Doyle plays for them, who is if he's not, you know fighting with his own players and getting sent off at Hillsborough, which you know, I think he did last time he was he was there uh, when he was at Preston. But he's um, he's a goal scorer and he's a threat. that They've got players in that team that can cause us problems. So we need to make sure, we need to learn that lesson of, we don't we, don't, we can't just say with Sheffield Wednesday we're going to win. We go, right, where's your danger, man? How are we going to counter that? And then how can we play our own game off the back of that? Kieran Lee, Stevie, floor's yours. <laughs> oh. God, where do you start? I just, I, I didn't, I didn't want him to go in the first place. Um, I thought for the the situation that we found ourselves in, um, he was a player that we we should have retained. Um, it breaks me heart seeing him do so well for somebody else. I think we 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 wax lyrical about um, certain players that we've had in the present and the past. Um, I know that I can remember a conversation with you, Ben, where we, we've argued about whether or not Bannon's a decent player. I said, you know, I think Kieran Lee's the better midfielder that we've had in, in recent times. I think he's better than uh, than Barry Bannon. And that's no disrespect to Barry Bannon, but Kieran Lee on the ball was just calm, relaxed, composed. Um, he had any box to box. He was, you know, fit as a fiddle. Um, to see him still doing it is... Like I said, it's heartbreaking because I think he's he's an absolute phenomenon. I think he's brilliant. You, see what I mentioned earlier on when I was asking about the sort of the epitome of a wide player. If you're going to the epitome of a central midfield player, if you're wanting what what can a central midfield player bring, you look at everything that Kieran Lee delivered when he was at Wednesday, and still, had it not been for those injuries, what what he could have been. Um, is everything into it? I don't think any Wednesday, and some certain players are divisive. You know, you you think about players that people love that other people go on. Oh, I don't rate him. I don't think you'd, even met, you'd ever meet anybody who would have a bad word for Kieran Lee in his style of play, the way he conducted himself. He seemed professional. He seemed level-headed. He, he, he didn't have a lot of carry-on and nonsense. He was just, he went out, he performed. He was a, a Rolls-Royce player in the midfield and, you know, gave his all for 90-plus minutes every game. It, 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 it was just a shame that obviously those injuries hampered his career. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, he's... I think I had a quick look at this. Over eight years, he's averaged 25 games a season for Wednesday, um, which when you look at it, isn't actually that bad. Mm -hmm. It's just that season when the, the 2018, I think it was, when it all started going wrong. Um, he's only played a couple of games. He, he, it's not been right. And I understand the reasons that we've let him go because we thought that that was it. He was done. He's, he's clearly shown that he's a player at this level. Um, he wouldn't have been expensive to retain. Uh, we look at people like Hutch, that are, you know, Hutch, Bannon, Palmer, we talk about them being the fabric of the club. Um, 
he'd have been he'd have been in there with them. I think he'd have brought something different to, to, to what we've got at the minute. He's um, he's the kind of player that will set up and do little bits and allow people like Bannon to to, to go and be um, better a better player, have more impact on the game because he's, he, he was like an insurance policy, wasn't he? But you've seen this season as well, not only is he somebody who'll hold in midfield, he'll run beyond the strikers and that's something that we don't have in our squad anymore. We've got a lot of energy. Um, there's nobody running 10, 15 yards in front of Gregory, in front of Patterson, in front of Berahino, in front of Canberra, whoever it is that we're playing, arriving late in the box like he, he has or he does. Um it don't seem to be happening, or if it's happening, it's not infrequent. But with Kieran Lee, there was always that threat that if we got into areas and something broke down and the ball was recycled to the edge of the area, he'd be there. Whereas at the minute, you're looking at it and we're, we're, we're lining up and we've got players around the edge of the box, but that's where the ball is. You know, we, we play quite square. We don't go, we, we, we don't play deep and then pull the ball back, or we don't get the shot off and the ball rebounds out to somebody. It's rebounding into a crowd of players. Where you know I'm just going through the the roller decks of Kieran Lee goals in my in my head. He was always one that would arrive late. He'd find the the the, the little pocket of space where you know he'd need to pop up. Mm. Um, that that's rare. It is. It's rare. That that doesn't happen every day, and you can't coach it. It's that's just an innate ability to read the game well. Um, and I, I think we really miss that. Vic, anything? No, I think the only thing for me was that uh, the reasoning that I thought was probably behind letting him go towards the end was that he's he's born the same year as me. So he's getting on a bit as far as the professional football is concerned, obviously not in terms of Simon. Um, but like, he, <laughs> he's 33. He's, you know, if, if we'd have stayed up, I do think we would have definitely let him go. And I think that would have been probably the right decision. Um, but like you said, going down, I think, the reasoning for me was probably age and with age probably comes more injuries, etc. But then we've gone and signed players who are similar ages and like, you know, Lee Gregory's what, 32, something like that. You know, it's not like we've gone for young, hungry players. There's been a couple who we've brought in on loan, but really it's, it's an older squad compared to many in the league now. Um, there, there are pockets of youth, um, but when you look at, I think Barry Bannon's pushing 30, you know, we're getting, and the, and the only good players that we can attract really are those who have been there and done it, which is what Darren Moore obviously wanted in this side. So I just, it, I don't understand the reasoning for getting rid of him, basically now. He wasn't expensive, was he? He wasn't on a big wage. He's quite a humble guy um, from, from what I've, I've heard, seen, read. Um, he didn't have a flash car. Um, he wasn't that kind of person that flaunts his money and his wealth. He's, he, he, like I said, he's quite humble. Um, I don't think he would have broke the bank to keep him, to be honest with you. But um, I, I think, I can't remember if it was Ben or Simon we were talking about whether or not we'd be applauding him on Saturday. Um, I'm not going to cheer him, obviously. Um, I'm just going to watch him with a tear in my eye. <laughs> no, you, you applaud him that way, comes, you know, if he comes out and names read out, definitely. For what he did. Yeah. Over uh, not just one or two seasons, for what he did over sort of seven or eight. Um, I tell but, you what, though, Ben, just before you finish that, if he comes on and starts giving it that Jordan Rhodes with a badge, well, we'll give him that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, not a chance, he's too classic for that. I, I don't I don't see him being um, that way, but uh, no, no. Um, let's go on to the pressing question then, Darren Moore, in or out, Dave. <laughs> Sod. Um, 
I, I still subscribe to the idea that chopping and changing constantly isn't a good idea. Um, I'm saying that in the abstract. I'm going to say all my answers in the abstract. Chopping and changing your manager all the time isn't a good idea. Uh, giving your coaching staff uh, scope to pick the team that they want is, is a good idea. Giving them time to bed in is a good idea. Um, and compared to some of the management appointments we've had, um, he seems to certainly, he's better with the, the fans, he's better with the, the, the players. There seems to be a, a camaraderie amongst the squad. So they're all the positives that you can see. But football's a results business. And um, if you're playing really, really well and you're playing good open football and occasionally you've just been, you know, somebody set up uh, part of the bus and you've been beaten by that or there's the odds. Unfortunately, what on earth are you doing? You oh, played no. the drums. No, no. Oh, it's a noise. It's a noise of what I'm doing. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> um, so ultimately, I don't think now is the right time. But I do think if you don't start seeing off, we don't start seeing a, a change in how we're setting up and the results that we're getting. Um, probably by the end of the month, um, then he'll need to start watching his back. If we don't, if we haven't turned that corner. In October, if we aren't getting the results, if we aren't playing better, if we aren't playing more expansive football, or it's more clear what he's trying to do um, at the end of the month, then perhaps, yeah, it'll be time to, to start thinking about plan B. Vic? I don't know. I, I'm completely stuck on this. Uh, so is my dog, as you can probably hear. Um, uh, part of me says it's far too early. We can't do it before Christmas, etc., etc. If it's not going to I don't think anything would drastically change if we changed him before Christmas. I don't think that would happen because the entire squad is basically his team. Um, you Obviously, when you get rid of a manager nowadays, you don't just get rid of a manager, you get rid of this whole backroom staff and we've seen how many of those there are as well. So I don't think that that is the right decision before Christmas. Um, that said, I'm also, I can understand if, Mr. Chansiri, who we've not mentioned for quite some time, which is different, isn't it? I could understand if he's frustrated, given the fact that Moore has come in with a good CV, um, especially for this league, like left Donny Rovers, obviously left them in the shit, really, but left them in a very good position. Um, and he's obviously used that sort of, that's that knowledge that he's got in League One to convince the chairman to let him have these players on loan, to let him build his backroom staff. He's obviously saying that, he's got the experience there and he's got the right idea and it doesn't seem to be working. And I think that for me, that's the tipping point is that he's been given this on merit and he's been given the opportunity to build his team, to build his backroom staff on the merit of what he's done in this league before, but it ain't happening. And if I was the chairman, I would say, I know obviously we've not paid out loads of money for people, but there will have been a lot of money changed hands, um, whether it's in agents fees or whatever. Uh, bonuses and stuff um, <clears throat> I think I, I would be questioning it if it was if it doesn't get better before the end of October but I don't think that swapping is the right thing to do Steve I think you're pretty much the same aren't you yeah um, I don't think we should get rid of any manager unless there is a field or an understanding or whatever the word is, that there would be somebody better coming in. Mm. Um, I, Steve I Bruce might be available. 
Um, I don't think there's anybody out there at the minute that, that's better. I think the, the the pros and cons, he's proven to play or to, to, to get results when it's going well for him. Obviously, sounds a bit daft saying that. Um, he, he had a relatively decent season at this level last year. Um, yeah, I thought he did. He worked wonders with West Brom. Did really well there. He was quite unlucky to, to lose his job. Um, the players respect him. The players that we brought in respect him because they come to us to play for us in League One. Um, something's clicking with him retaining Bannon. I know there might be personal circumstances, but for, for all these, these sort of divisive merits, if you like, Bannon is a good player and, and should probably be playing in the Championship. We've retained him. Um, Hutch could play higher. We've attracted a Premiership goalkeeper, who I will mention again in a moment. And we've got some good players. Um, I, I want to keep him and I want it to work for him because, A, he's a nice guy. <laughs> and we, we've said that. There's no getting away from it. B, I think he's he's at the, the forefront of a process at the minute that is necessary in the sense that off the field we're getting things right. Um, on the field, it isn't quite clicking. But when we're playing League One football, you know, we're not going to go out there and play that Rolls Royce style. But what I would say is if you look at the Peacock Farrell mistakes, you look at the the fact that we've got Dunkley in at centre-half and you counter-argue that by saying, well, he's Peacock Farrell's been brought in by more. Nobody can legislate for the Ipswich goal. Nobody can legislate for um, the other mistakes that have been made, whether that be an equaliser at Wigan with the penalty. Um, you know, other other situations. The, the Plymouth goal was a flap. Uh, we we conceded too many goals through individual mistakes that you know a manager can't legislate for. Um, had those mistakes not been made, we'd be further up the league. Um, you know, if we'd have not lost to Oxford on Saturday, uh, especially after that first half performance, I think there'd have been much more positivity around the club at the moment. Um, I just think it's it's a very dangerous game getting rid of a manager. Uh, at this stage with the player investment if you like rather than the financial investment that we've we've made um, who's going to come in and, and get a tune out of a squad that Moore's assembled like Vic says before Christmas not a great deal of change anyway after Christmas is it going to be an upheaval of a squad again where we've just brought 13 lads in is he going to get rid of some bring some more in um, I don't know um, that, that's, that would probably be the case but no, I think we've, we've, we've got to stick with him and just hope that something clicks. He's, he, he comes up with that magical plan B that, you know, gets us playing better football. Yeah, I'm in agreement. I think we're 10 games in. We're only 10 games into the 46-game season. He's brought 14 new players in. Yes, there's only so long you can keep saying they need time to gel. That's Oh, probably- he's... We don't say gel, remember? <laughs> I admit something. Someone once had a go at us online saying that all we ever say is about players gelling, so we changed it to cohesing. Oh, cohesing then. You can probably make that excuse for another five games until you start, you know, you've had 15 games now, let's, you know, things need to change. For me, on, <clears throat> on that note that... Well, Again, I agree with, with everything that, that everyone said, different bits of what everyone said, that why sack someone unless there's clearly someone who's going to come in and do better. <laughs> For me, top six at Christmas and worrying and around it, I, I'd be half far out with that. For some people, obviously, that want us to be top two end of, then that's obviously not going to be enough for, for them people. But 
I'd give him till Christmas. If we're sort of where we are at Christmas, he's, you know, he's, he's walking a bit of a tightrope. But if we're around, you know, if we're sixth and upwards, hopefully towards the higher end of the playoffs than sixth, then, you know, and I only think it'll take a couple, couple of results to, to, to make that all right again, to be honest. I don't think we've been awful. We've just stumbled. We've just stumbled. We've been just a bit flat. We've just not quite clicked, which is why at the moment I'm saying another five games, you can still start off using that excuse of let these 14 players I know, it's, I know it's an oversimplified comparison, but I think it's worth using as a like-for-like like because it is a name that got mentioned a lot before Moore came in, and that's looking at Paul Cook and what he's done with Ipswich. He's gone there at a similar sort of time to what Moore's gone, come to Wednesday. He's fully reinvested in his squad and spent... Or has, has got a lot of players. And, it, and it, almost exactly the same thing's happening there. It's taking the time. So, you know, it, 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 what's happening with Moore isn't... Isn't beyond the realms of you know of expectation to it to an extent you know to, to have a team brought back in, built the way that it's going to be. It is going to take time for for things to be instilled. So you know to, to use that as a comparison, you know I know there's this teams up at the top of the league, you know teams that would be expected to be there, but Wednesday would have been one of them, but so would have Ipswich. So if if uh, we can start to kick on sooner rather than later, then great. But it, it isn't, it isn't that surprising in some ways that it hasn't quite come together yet. I think just, I can remember doing the end of the season pod. I think it was me, you, Dave, Ben and Ash hosted and we were talking about one or two things. Um, and if I remember rightly, we talked about where we saw ourselves finishing this season. And at least a couple of us said probably mid-table. Nobody said we were going to win the league. Nobody said we were going to automatically get promoted. Um, with that in mind, with the benefit of hindsight, is it not an argument that Darren Moore has been almost a victim of his own success and the propaganda around the new players that we've, we've brought in? Um, after, If somebody had said the day after that end-of-season podcast that after effectively a quarter of the season would be seven points off the, the top of the league, um, regardless of position, it doesn't matter what position you're in, you're seven points off the top of the league, which is two wins and a draw, a quarter, a quarter of the way into the season. You know, we're in touching distance and we are in touching distance. The fact that we've then gone, oh, we brought Adeniran in, we brought Shadipo in, uh, we've signed Berahino, we've got Lee Gregory, he's going to piss goals at this level. We've got uh, Patterson signed, we've tied Bannon down, Iorfa signed a new contract. Um, you know, we, we've got all these players, Peacock Barrels come in, he's safe five penalties. All mm. of a sudden, we're, it's HMS piss the league cliche, isn't it? But, um, you know, that was never going to happen. Um, somebody on this podcast tonight was putting an undefeated bet on, by the way. We'll mention <laughs> uh, we're going to go all season after the second game. We'll go all season without losing. It was never going to happen. Um, so let's let's hold our nerve a little bit with him. And I know that Ash and Simon are probably, if they're going to listen to this, will probably be cursing me and saying, I don't know what I'm talking about because they're not sold on him. And I know it'd be a different pod and a different conversation uh, that would be, be being had tonight if they were on. However, you know, let, let's just keep calm for the moment. We, you know, if we can grind out scrappy one nils, we can grind out some results. We get that point. And I know I've said earlier tonight that I want, you know, a, a decent performance and to turn around the turning point might be that we hammer somebody and then, then if we kick on from there. That'd be nice. But if we have to go, you know, seven points from nine every week or 
seven points from 12, whatever it may be, every week, uh, every um, few games, then so be it. We are going to lose more games. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just keep calm while everybody's beating everybody else. Let's just worry about where we are in the league when we get to that point where we need to start worrying about where we are in the league. I think that's quite a good note to end on, unless anybody's got any other business. No. no. Right, thanks for listening. That's this week's episode of the Wednesday week. Someone else will probably be hosting next week. Um, Vic, good get Vic back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Computer. Ooh. Okay, we're recording. Right. Um, I don't have to go live on anything, do I? Or open? Just because I don't want my bed. I'm, I'm mortified by this bed anyway, let alone the fact that it'd be on the internet. Um, okay. Hi. Good evening, everyone, or good morning, or good afternoon. You are listening to the Wednesday week. I'm Vic, and with me tonight, I've got Ben, Dave, and Stevie. Yeah. Dream team. <laughs> Vic, I, nah, you're, you're, you're cutting out. Oh, for fuck's sake. Right. One you, you that and then Steve. <coughs> Right, good evening, good morning, good afternoon to you all. It is the Wednesday week. I'm Vic, and with me tonight, I have got Ben, Dave, and Stevie. Hi. Hello. <laughs> it's like the world's best boy band. So we've got a little bit to catch up on this week. Some of it's been good, some of it's been not so good. Let's go for the not, not so good. Um, Oxford, obviously. Uh, hold on a second. Yeah, Oxford away. We lost that game 2-1. Ben, did you go? Oxford at home. Shall I start again? Does anyone else want to host this? <laughs> oh. Channeling you're in a fudge there. Honestly, <laughs> this is just going to be outtake after outtake, isn't it? Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> someone else host? Dave, you do it. <laughs> I've done it. No, no, no. You're doing very well. Continue. I, I, didn't, even, I didn't even see the games. I want, to, I want you to leave this in. When we edit it, leave this in. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to go to bed. I've only just had a nap. Right. Okay. <laughs> just give me a minute. Oh. When you when you went to start there, I thought you were gonna go, Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even feel like I could do the intro. Oh, my dog's just sat staring at me. Right. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are. It's another version of the Wednesday week, and we'll start again. Because I'm actually all right then, and then you'll say like that. Oh, God. <laughs> if, you, if you start with that opening, you're just going to get a bit going. <laughs> you as well just shouting, Steven! <laughs> That's what we're going next, that. <laughs> oh, God. The Wednesday Week is sponsored by Michael Constantine Wealth Management. We bet you can't find a financial advisor closer to Hillsborough Stadium. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.